What's going on, guys, and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Let's Talk Fast podcast. I'm your host, Adam Martin, and hope you're doing what you love with the people that you love, and let's just jump straight into it. Probably not the cleanest intro I've ever done. That was a few uh, misspelt or misspoken words, but um, I appreciate you guys being back. Another episode. If you're new here, hit that subscribe button, leave me a little comment, give it a five-star rating if you enjoyed the show, and let's just jump straight into it. Guys, you've clicked on this because you've seen the title, The Five Most Useless Pieces of Gym Equipment. Um, This is meant to be a little bit of fun, but also there's some seriousness um, to it, and so I really hope you enjoy this. what I think will be a pretty quick episode uh, this week, but I hope it steers you away from doing dumb shit in the gym. That's pretty much my um, main kind of goal out of this end, directing your energy, your time, and your efforts towards things that are actually going to help you achieve your goal. And the goal to going to the gym should be, one, health and fitness. Obviously, there's multiple um, benefits to your health and overall fitness just for going to the gym, being active, doing some strength training, be it in classes or spin classes or whatever it might be. But the other goal to going to the gym specifically is to build strength, to get stronger, to build lean muscle. Those should be the main goals that you are going to the gym for, and the things... Now, I'm talking about the general public. Now, obviously, if you're an elite-level athlete, you're going to have specific goals around training you that's going to help you perform your chosen sport at a high level. But there's still an underlying reason that you're at the gym is to get stronger because by being stronger, you're going to perform better in that sport. And so even for the general public to elite athletes, to the elderly, to people recovering from injuries, whoever you may be, the underlying reason that you're going to the gym is to get stronger. And so some of these things that I'm talking about today, they're why on earth would you ever have that equipment there? Because it's not helping you achieve the goal of getting stronger. And so that's kind of where my head was at when I was thinking of, what are the five most useless pieces of equipment uh, in the gym? I ran my my clinic inside a commercial gym for 15 years, so I had no say really on the equipment that was in there. The gym had everything that I ever needed, but my God, I saw some things that they tried. Oh, no, this will be great because they were pitched um, by a very good salesman on something that they think that was going to have an amazing um, uh, thing for them, uh, kind of you know add value to their um, client base. Or, which I knew this happened, um, you know, the, the the person who ran the gym had a good mate of theirs who was starting up a business. Yeah, I'll give you some money. Like, I don't know if that happened, but I'm pretty sure that kind of happened from time to time as well. So, again, that's besides the point. My point is I ran my um, clinic out of a commercial gym, and so I saw these things come through. I've seen them time and time again, and so um, I just wanted to kind of make a, a fun video that um, I guess – highlights um, some of those stupid pieces of equipment. So straight off the bat, let's get into it. Um, I think the num- one of the most ridiculous exercises and pieces of equipment that are in a gym are box jumps. I see almost zero reason why anyone, apart from maybe a high jumper who needs to have a, a better vertical leap, I see zero reason why anyone should be doing box jumps. Now, in more recent times, they've got, I see many more gyms having like squishy boxes as their boxes to, for people to jump up onto. And you, you've seen them if you've been in a commercial gym. You, know, you might have the smaller box, the medium box, and the large box. And they're more, more soft. And so when people mess up, 
the risk of injury isn't anywhere near as much as it was in older base gyms. They used to have metal box jumps. And the amount of shins that I've seen being taken off because people go to jump, their feet, you know, the toes clip it, and what's going to hit? Their shins, and then the shin goes straight down it, and it slices open shins like butter, um, a knife going through butter. And oh, the the worst one I ever saw was um, we had swimmers um, coming into because I was at a, a swimming um, center. Now I will say I have programmed box jumps uh, in people's, but. I very quickly got off getting um, programming box jumps in because I saw this happen too many times. But the worst one was this poor girl. She would have been 15, maybe 16. Good swimmer. Um, Not great, but a good swimmer. And she was doing her box jumps and she was talking to a friend at the same time. And I remember just saying, yeah, that's going to end in disaster. Like, you know, she's not paying attention to what she's doing. She jumped normally it's one shin that gets grated, but the way she just jumped, it just landed both shins and straight down. And she quickly jumped up and didn't realize what she'd done to her shins, but there was blood instantly everywhere. And her girlfriend screamed and she's like, oh my God, look at that kind of thing. The moment this girl looked down, passed out cold, bang, down she went. Again, it's just a point to say there's zero reason why you should be doing box jumps. If you are the general public, and you go to a trainer and they program box jumps into your program, get rid of that trainer instantly because there's zero reason why you should be doing it. Why do you have a need to be jumping better? And is it then helping you get stronger or produce muscle and lay, you know, lean muscle in your lower body? Absolutely not. You should be sticking to squats, lunges, deadlifts, hip thrusts, step-ups, those, what did I say, five, maybe six exercises there are going to be infinitely better at helping you get stronger and in turn, if for some reason jumping is something you want to do, just by getting stronger in your deadlift, your squats, your hip thrusts and step-ups and things like that, just by getting stronger on those exercises, you will jump higher. You don't need to get a box jump and do box jumps to help you increase your jump. Why, as I said, someone would want to be able to jump better? I have no idea, unless it's something that you need for your chosen sport or chosen job. So yes, box jumps is at the top of my list. Stop doing them. The risk versus reward is always something that I take into consideration. And the risks to it, I've seen so many injuries uh, on people doing box jumps, and there's almost little reward for it. So why would you put yourself at that risk for zero payoff. And so please steer clear of box jumps. There's no need to be doing them. And the worst place I see them being done is you know, places like F45, BFT, and CrossFit. And these places where they max rep you out or try and create maximum amount of fatigue, and then they have you doing box jumps. Box jumps takes a huge amount of energy to do. It takes really good technique um, to do well and you're getting people in a really fatigued state doing that, it's just a recipe for disaster. So please, box jumps. One of the most useless pieces of gym equipment, one of the most unsafe pieces of gym equipment, I'd stay well clear. Number two on that list, vibration plates. I've now seen gyms that just have vibration plates in them, and they do the workouts completely on vibration plates. Now, 
vibration plates originated from a rehab-based sense in that for the very, very, very sedentary, so we're talking the elderly, and we're talking people coming back from you know major injuries who may have been laid up in bed uh, for a long period of time, there is some, very small, there is some research that suggests that that vibration helps more muscular contraction, but in a very, very deconditioned muscle. For the general public, you and I who are walking around, we're not you know, massively sedentary, even though most of us probably sit at a desk far too often or watch TV or do those kind of things. We still have an, in quote, active life in that we're getting up. We might walk to the shops or take the kids to the school. We might have to walk to the car. and like, These things still have you moving. I'm talking about very sedentary. And so there's just zero... The zero crossover effect. I've not seen a single piece of research myself. If it exists and you've seen it, please send it through to me. Where people have used these vibration plates in a research setting for people who are you and me, the general public, and then put it up against a um, or sh- shown any kind of massive improve, um, improvements in your muscular strength or the ability to gain lean muscle. I can guarantee you. You know, the, the, the ads always say, you know, doing, you know, 60 seconds of squatting on this is like doing 2,000 squats. I can guarantee you that if I put you through a squat program that had far less than 2,000 squats and we put you on a vibration plate and we do this for six weeks, I can guarantee you you're going to be stronger, more lean muscle, and just overall, every metric that we're going to look at is going to be better from you doing actual squats and laying more weight on and getting heavier through your squats than you'll ever get on a vibration plate. That plus the fact that sometimes, like how it's still even a thought or a possibility, is that we go back to the '80s where they had those, um, you know, those wobble um, things that they were vibrating on their. Um, on their skin, you know, you'd see that kind of band that they would wrap around and and it would shake them up and they sit there, just shake your way to lose fat. Like we didn't know any better back then and yet that's kind of what they were advertising. But this idea that you can shake yourself and it will help you, you know, uh, manipulate or sculpt an area and lose fat around that area. Like how people are still believing that is beyond me. Marketers are still using that as a sales tactic to help, like lose fat, sculpt your areas, get better. Da, 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 da. Like it's just ridiculous. And so, vibration plates. There's nothing to suggest they're any more effective at helping you, um, you know, do an exercise. And they're not doing what you're aiming to do. As I said from the top of this um, uh, podcast today, I said the aim to go to the gym is to get stronger and put on lean muscle mass. Vibrating isn't doing that. Adding more weight or more reps or you know the different things to progress you in an exercise is what's going to help you get stronger in that exercise is what's going to help you lay more muscle in that area that you're working out, not vibrating it. So please, again, if your gym is now put in this, just go to them. You don't even have to ask them. But like, just know that they've just wasted their money on that. It's not helping you in any way, shape, or form. So stay well clear of it. Um, number three. BOSU balls. If you don't know what a BOSU ball, it's that ball that you see in the gym that's like a half big Swiss ball. And it's got normally a big, a big hard piece of plastic on the bottom of it and then like a half ball on top of it. Now, again, people will propose, oh, it's great for balance, 
um, work. It's great for helping your core. No, it's not. Again, the aim when you go to the gym is to get stronger. Being, and some of the most idiotic things I see people doing on it is that they're going to then go and do a squat. Like, again, just go to um, Instagram or YouTube and type in, you know, um, dumb things people do on BOSU balls, and you'll see some of the most ridiculous um, exercises. People have said squatting on them, like with heavy weights on their back. If you want to improve your core, work it specifically. Hanging leg races, hanging knee tucks, um, you know, a cable knee tucks, um, pal-off presses, Russian twists, different things like that, going to work your core. Standing on a ball, not going to work your core. Will it help your balance? Now, okay, I'll say this. If you're someone who is elderly and you're looking at helping with falls prevention, this is a big thing. I worked with a lot of elderly people helping them uh, prevent falls because falls are one of the biggest killers, especially for the elderly. You break a hip, you're likely going to die pretty soon after that because you, you, you know, your um, ability to move plummets um, and your ability to recover from that because bones are far more brittle when you're older um, is just very low. And so again, you see it time and time again when the elderly have a fall and they break a hip, death doesn't follow too far after that. And so falls prevention is a huge thing. And so helping people with their balance, absolutely crucial. But having them stand on a really um, unbalanced environment like a BOSU ball, not how I would help someone with their falls prevention. I would be having them get stronger, you know, doing supported lunges, doing a supported squat. Getting stronger absolutely helps your balance. Now, if you want to do some specific balance work, there's a reason why um, you see it on cop shows. Like, I don't. I've never seen it done here in Australia, but more so you see it on American kind of style um, cop-based shows where they'll do like a sobriety test in like, okay, I want you to stand there with one foot in front of the other, touch your nose with your eyes closed, things like that. That's what they're trying to tap into there is your proprioception. It's your ability to know where your body is in space when you can't see your body. You probably have never even thought about this, but when you go to try and touch your nose with your finger, with your eyes open, you can clearly see where your finger is and you direct it there. But how do you know how to do that with your eyes closed? You can just instantly touch your nose. Like, again, it's just something that you've probably never even thought of, but it's an incredible system that's operating inside our body that is uh, the overall kind of term is called our proprioception. It's knowing where your body is in space, even though you can't see it. When you're affected by alcohol, that goes out. And we also lose that ability um, as we age. And so I used to have many of my clients have a wall right next to them just so um, they had that ability to kind of get their balance if they needed to. Or I just say, open your eyes if you're feeling unbalanced. But close your eyes and tapping your nose, putting one foot in front of the other, balancing on one foot and doing all these different things is what's going to tap into someone's proprioception. You then combine that with strength training far more effective and far less risk to that person and to you than standing on a BOSU ball. So that's first and foremost in this idea that it's going to help balance. No, there's far more effective ways. And what I've just illustrated there is how to really kind of improve your balance. But for number two, people then who then say that, oh, no, 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 no. So you're doing squats, just you know barbell back squats. If you do it on a BOSU ball, though, it's so much more effective at 
your strength because you're going to have to keep yourself balanced in an unbalanced environment. Again, risk versus reward. Your aim when you're going to a gym should be, how can I get stronger here? If you're standing on a BOSU ball, you cannot lift anywhere near the amount that you can when you're doing it on a solid ground. So one, the person who's doing a flat ground squat is always going to be able to lift more. And the way to progress and lift more and get stronger is to be able to lift more. And so that person's always already going to be winning out there. Now, this kind of idea then that, oh, you're going to lose, use all these other you know um, smaller muscle groups, the supportive muscle groups in and around there. Again, no, your, your, your want when you're doing a squat should be, how can I get stronger at the squat? If you want to work all those more um, supportive type muscles, then do specific exercises that do that and steer away from getting into an unsafe environment where you're trying to load yourself up on a very unstable um, base. The BOSU ball is just the most ridiculous piece of equipment. And again, it's why it's in this list and it should never be used. I don't see any reason why anyone from the general public would ever be used, or anyone in particular. You know, I'm Actually, you know, I'm going to go out on the limb and say there is zero reason for anyone ever in any situation to be using a BOSU ball. If you own a gym, throw it out. If you go to a gym, never use it. And if you're thinking about buying one, save your money and never have one. There's zero reason for it. And so that's number three. Number four, the Preacher Curl Machine. And this was kind of a, um, I guess, a preempt for a lot of pieces of equipment I see in the gym that have one use and take up a lot of space. And the Preacher Curl Machine, if you don't no, it can be sometimes in a machine or sometimes it should be like a, a bar that's there and use the machine. But basically, it's for the bicep curl. Now, I can think of five, six different variations of biceps that you can do with either dumbbells, barbells, or a cable machine. Now, that cable machine has multiple ways you can use it, one of them being to do bicep curls. It's not just a single-use piece of machinery, whereas the Preacher Curl, it has one use and one use only, and it takes up a lot of space. So my reason for putting it in here and it being a useless piece of gym equipment is that floor space is valuable. You know, if you've been to any gym and you see a gym that's really laid out well and it's really open and it's got space and it flows and you can do your workout easy and you get into, like, it feels so much better than a really claustrophobic type gym that's just got equipment everywhere and you have to kind of, you know, wiggle yourself through and get to the um, where you're trying. Try and utilize that space as best as you can and don't waste it by putting in something that can only be used for one thing. And for most people, they're not going to go there and just do biceps. And so getting rid of a machine that's there for only one. And so the same thing goes for anything that is really just a single-use type um, machine. I see no reason to have them. I personally, if I was going to set up a, a gym tomorrow... I'd have squat racks to the the wazoo because there's so many different things you can do inside squat racks and they're very versatile versatile and they help a lot of people um, and they're usually one of the most hot ticket items in a gym. So the fact that you only have one, maybe two, when multiple people want to kind of use them at once, I'd have much more squat racks and I'd have more cable-based um, type frames that multiple people can be using as well rather than having just a chest pec deck type thing that can only really be used for maybe chest fly chest press get a cable system because you can do chest flies chest press but you can do overhead um, 
press. You can do all the different um, core, like the pal-off press I was talking about. You can curls, triceps. Um, you can do lower body. Like There's so many things you can do inside a cable thing. So I'd get rid of and the kind of whole sensors. And I think the preacher curl machine is probably my top of the list, single use, useless piece of equipment. But it goes for all of those gym pieces of equipment that I see in so many gyms these days that have a single use. I, again, if I was running a gym, I would be helping my members learn how to use squat racks and barbells and you know those kinds of equipment and teaching them well and teaching the good techniques so they can come in and use those and get the results that they're there for rather than coming in using single use, single joint type based exercises and using up that valuable floor space with you know single use type equipment. And so that's kind of while it was there. Is it useless? No. The preacher curl's great at helping with getting biceps, you know, strengthening up your biceps. But there's so many other ways you can do that exercise without just using up all that space just for that one exercise. And so that was my point in saying it's a useless piece of gym equipment in that it's not useless, but I see it as a useless waste of space kind of thing. So there's that one. And I think that's what, one, two, three, that's four. My last one I think is going to be a bit um, controversial to you all, and you might be like, what? I think they're great. Booty bands are the most useless thing at helping you get bigger booty or help increase your strength on your glutes. I said it. You can agree with me, you can disagree with me, but the clear fact is that if you're sitting there laying on your side with bands around your knees and then you're you know, doing clamshells um, to help or tr- in, the, uh, in the hope that you're going to increase your glutes and you're going to you know, get really strong glutes, I'm telling you, you're wasting your time. They can be valuable to help you warm up. I'll give that to them and I'll give some credit where credit's due. So if you're looking to warm up, then sure, doing some um, side crab walks, doing some clams and having that tension around those knees to help really um, target the glutes because they do, they target the glutes. But again, I go back to my original statement. The reason you should be going to the gym is to get stronger. You are not going to get stronger by using a booty band. I don't care how stiff or kind of tight and resistive that band is. You are going to grow glutes by hip thrusts, deadlifts, lunges, step-ups. They're the kind of exercises that you're going to help grow glutes and get stronger in your glutes because you're going to be able to lay more weight. Whether it's a walking uh, dumbbell lunge and you've got two kilo dumbbells in your hand and you progress that to four kilos, 10 kilos, 20 kilos, however heavy you end up going, same same thing with a hip thrust if you're underneath a barbell. You start off with a 10 kilo barbell. You progress to 20 kilos, 30 kilos, 50, 100, 200, like however you go. Same with deadlifts, same with squats, same with any exercise that's actually going to target inside uh, your glutes. That's where you're going to find the uh, progress coming from and that's where you're going to gain the strength from, not from booty bands. And so I will allow you to have it in your uh, repertoire of equipment you might have at the gym if you're doing it as a warm-up Sure, it has a use. Use it, no problems. But if you're sitting there using it as a workout, I'm telling you it's a useless piece of equipment and it's doing nothing to help you grow those glutes. And so I'd say keep it if you want it as a warm-up, but get rid of it and stop using it and wasting your time as an exercise to help build those glutes. I want to just say 
a couple of um, what's that word they say? Uh, like um, noteworthy, like noteworthy kind of mentions that didn't kind of make my top list. Whatever that kind of terminology is, I can't remember what it is. But some other kind of things I just wanted to kind of throw in there. Some will be a bit weird, and some will be oh yeah, that makes sense. Number one on the kind of um, noteworthy kind of recommendations as well that just didn't quite make the list. Bio impedance machines. They're those body fat scanners you see at gyms where they have you stand on a plate and you might hold two handles and it's oh, it's going to scan your body and tell you exactly how much body fat you have, how much um, muscle mass you have and your bone density and all these kind of things. They don't. They are so inaccurate that it's worthless in using those machines. They are a tool to help you with membership retention because listen for this scenario. If you came to my gym and I had one of those there and we say, look, we're going to do a test on you to start with. And if, um, and like the, the initial assessment takes you through the assessment, puts you on a bioimpeachment, it gives you all of the data. You know, it says, this is your weight, this is what your body percent fat is. Here's our now program to now move you forward. If that program works and you lose some weight and then you get on that machine and it goes down, you say, look how effective our program is. We've helped you lose weight. The flip to that is, though, is that if you don't achieve the results, it's like, but we can keep you going. Come back for another assessment. Come back for another program. Like, Either way, whether you see results on that or you don't, that membership consultant person or that personal trainer can continue to sell you on keeping you there. It's a membership retention-based strategy only. It has zero validity, and there's a reason why none of those machines, no matter how... Um, advanced they say they are there's a reason why none of them are ever used in research is because they're so unreliable with their consistency of results now if you want a ballpark figure and I'm talking real big ballpark like the variability can be 30% on some of these so while it might say that you have 20% body fat a 30% variance on that either way. So it's actually a 60% spread. It could be meaning that you're 10% higher or 10% lower. Anywhere in that spectrum. And that's just not, it's just nowhere near accurate enough. And so if you're wanting to know body fat, I see zero reason why you would want to know your exact body fat. But the best way to do it is take a photo of yourself in your undies. Get in front of a mirror, take a photo of yourself with no clothes on, and then just take photos monthly and see the progress. You'll see the progress. If you're making progress, you will see the difference in those photos. It's the best place to do it. The other way as well is girth measurements. So you know, take a, a measurement around your hips, a measurement around your belly button, a measurement around your thighs, whatever you want, you know, whatever areas you're kind of looking at. When those measurements are going down, you know you're losing body fat. That's the only thing you need. For just for argument's sake, um, what is a good way to do it? A DEXA scan. It's why. It's the gold standard when it comes to uh, researching and looking at what people's you know cross-sectional area of their uh, lean muscle mass is or what their bone density is or what their fat percentage is. DEXA scans, most places will charge $70 to $100 to get a DEXA scan done. It's by far the most accurate uh, thing to do. Again, if you want to do it, sure, but I don't see why you would ever want to. There's no need to, but just wanted to highlight bow impedance machines and those body fat scanners in gyms, absolutely useless and waste of time. Another one, again, I think this is going to raise some eyebrows. You're going to go, what? Treadmills. 
I see no reason why there should ever be a treadmill in a gym. Now, I will say there is a need for a couple of them purely because if the weather turns really nasty outside and you might live in a very cold environment and it's very cold and it rains a lot and I completely understand because I'll be the first to admit and say I'm a fair weather runner. I never run outside when it's running, uh, when it's raining and I don't tend to run outside when it's too cold. Now I live in a, a pretty warm environment here so it's never really cold. Um but I hate running when it's nasty weather outside and people, oh, I just toughen up a little bit. No, why would I do something that I don't enjoy? Like, I understand and I've spoken before, you know, get comfortable with being uncomfortable. But when it comes to exercise, I do the thing that's uncomfortable, which is pushing me, but I'm not going to do an ex- exercise that I hate. I just see zero point in that. And so I understand there's a need for a, a treadmill in a gym to help people out when, it, when the weather's bad outside. For the most part, though, that's not what's happening. I see people gump on, like, their reason to come to the gym is they then spend an hour on the treadmill, walking, or they might be running. Go outside. Like, I don't know how more clear, like, we spend so much of our lives indoors these days, behind desks, or in a car, or watching TV, or whatever it might be. Get outside. It's this beautiful world outside. If you love walking so much, great. Don't do it on a treadmill. Go outside. If you love running so much, amazing. Don't do it on a treadmill. Go outside. I said there are some scenarios where I would say treadmills are advantageous, again, with really bad weather. They're also good if you're doing really specific timing um, of intervals. If you know, you're trying to maintain a certain pace and things like that, much easier to do that on a treadmill than it is to try and do that off a watch and trying to maintain. Although, again, I've been running for years. I'm much better at maintaining a pace because I... I know where my pace levels are. I know how that feels. For, for a beginner, good to have a treadmill because it can really just keep you on that um, pace at a much more consistent way than you might be doing when you're doing it on your own outside. So there's a couple of scenarios where treadmills might come in. But again, I said before, space is valuable and yet you go to any gym and they've got 20 treadmills. There's zero need for 20 treadmills. Get your people outside. And if you're joining a gym purely just to have a treadmill, to go into because you're going to come and walk at a gym or run at a gym, I tell you, please don't. Go outside, enjoy the outdoors. And so that's why I say the treadmill is a useless um, waste of space again. It has its need, but a very a very much smaller need than what most gyms allow it to have as a, as a use of space inside their gym. Um, this one, you're probably not going to, this is the last one for today. So you're not going to probably see these in the gym for, but they just, they kind of came to mind when I was thinking about this. Waist trainers. So again, you know, those things that sit on you and vibrate your your waist. I mean, I don't, I, I'm hoping I don't have to kind of um, say too much that these things are just a waste of time. You can't, you know, um, spot reduce or vibrate or contract your way um, to, you know, making that area a more um, stronger area or working it away and sculpting it in any way, shape or form. So waist trainers are an absolute waste of time and money and they've got zero use whatsoever. And the other one I, I just kind of came to mind was ice sculpting. I heard someone talk about it on a podcast the other day of like, have you ever tried this ice sculpting? What's all all about kind of thing? And the, the host has shown, yeah, they have zero use whatsoever. So again, 
this idea that you can freeze fat and it's going to then melt away inside you via some technology that this you know ice gun that this you know practitioner is going to wave over your body and sculpt your um, body please don't get sucked into spending money on ice sculpting things like that so it was just those two kind of things you're not going to see them usually in gyms but they just kind of came to mind as again useless pieces of equipment and so that does round out my top five useless gym equipments and then a couple little add-ons on the end just to go over them uh, again box jumps highly um, risky and have zero um, reward for that risk vibration plates there's zero evidence to suggest that vibrating on a plate is any more beneficial um, than actually doing the exercise in fact it's going to be far worse bosu balls again zero use i don't think they should be anywhere single use machines and i obviously use the example of preacher curl machines as the number one there and booty bands um, not helping you grow your glutes and so i hope you've enjoyed that episode and i hope it has again been of value to you and um I thank you again for hanging around 30 minutes with me today uh, and I hope this podcast has been of value to you and if it has, again, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, stay in tune for much more and uh, again, guys, I'll be back next week. I'm answering a Q&A uh, next week because I put a story out uh, this past week just gone uh, so I'm answering all those questions on next week's and um, yeah, that'll be next week but uh, I thank you again for being around. I love you all. I'll talk to you again soon. Bye.